This morning's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. So what are we going to say? Should we continue sinning so grace will multiply? Absolutely not. All of us died to sin. How can we still live in it? Or don't, don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried together with him through baptism into his death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too can walk in newness of life. If we were united together in a death like his, we will also be united together in a resurrection like his. This is what we know. The person that we used to be was crucified with him in order to get rid of the corpse that had been controlled by sin. That way we wouldn't be slaves to sin anymore because a person who has died has been freed from sin's power. But if we died with Christ, we have faith that we will also live with him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. He died to sin once and for all with his death, but he lives for God with his life. In the same way, you also should consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive for God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Thank you, Luke, for that reading. As one last favor to me, you all are going to be guinea pigs as I try to go paperless with these sermons. Yeah, fancy, right? Let's see here. All right. So goodbyes aren't fun. I mean, we all hate goodbyes, right? They're often sad or awkward, or in my case, they're usually both. There are tears, sometimes snot, and we're not always sure whose is whose. It's a mess. And we're not usually prepared to deal with all the emotions that come with it, so we hate goodbyes. We hate them so much that we think of clever ways to say goodbye without actually having to say the word goodbye. We might say, see you later, alligator, or catch you on the flip side, or all right then. Or if the moment's more poignant, we might say something more poetic, like, this isn't goodbye, this is just until next time. And I bring all this up, of course, because today is a day of goodbyes. Today, uh, we, in the bulletin you see, we are uh, congratulating and celebrating our graduates. But it's also my last Sunday here at Chatham United Methodist Church, so it's also a time of goodbyes for me. Last weekend, I became a provisional member of the Pacific Northwest Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church which is a fancy way of saying that I became a pastor. Thank you. And next Sunday, I begin my new appointment. I'll be serving a couple of churches out uh, just off of Lake Hapatcon, just down the road, about 30 minutes. I'll leave the service preach the sermon, and bless the communion elements. After spending the last seven years working toward this moment, it's both weird and wonderful and terrifying. And the congregants there, the ones I've met, they already call me Pastor Micah, which should sound weird, but it doesn't. 
it fits. And I don't feel half as ready as I'd like to be for this moment, but I feel fully that I'm stepping into God's calling for me. And so I must go, though I will be sad to leave this place. I will miss Chatham United Methodist Church, but it's time. The text in Romans today is rich with theological insights and Paul's wisdom runs deep. But honestly, this week, there are just two surface points that scream out to me. And the first is this. The first is a hard truth. It's obvious, but sometimes we need the reminder. The plain truth is that life, even for Christians, is not pain-free. Even committing our lives to Christ, which should be, and it is, a glorious, wonderful thing, is even that brings with it some element of death. Remember, Paul says, that when we were baptized, we died to sin. We were buried with Christ. That when we were born again in Christ, we left something behind. There was some loss there. And now dying to sin is good. Don't hear me that I'm not saying it's not. But it's rarely easy. Any of us who've ever struggled to give up a sinful behavior, which I would think that's all of us, Any of us who have ever struggled to give up a sinful behavior can testify to that. And if nothing else, Romans 6 reminds us that sad and difficult things are a part of life. And that includes goodbyes. No matter how we handle goodbyes, we all come to difficult departures at one point or another. When we change jobs, or graduate from school, when a friend moves across the country, or a family member passes away. Leaving and being left behind are unavoidable parts of life. Though knowing that doesn't make it any easier. So again, I think we find lots of ways to dole the departure. We find other words that seem less final than goodbye, or we avoid saying it altogether. Perhaps you meant to say goodbye to someone recently, but couldn't bring yourself to do it, and so you avoided the situation. Or maybe you went to say goodbye, but when the moment came, the word got stuck in your throat. It wouldn't come out, and so you went with something softer. See you later, perhaps. Because if I'll see you later, then this moment does not mark an end. It does not mark a closing. This departure is not, in fact, the end, but an interlude in our relationship. And in a very real sense, that's true. Many sad goodbyes are not goodbye forever, but rather goodbye for a long while. And even the saddest departures, those occasioned by death, are not truly final for we will all one day, someday, be reunited in heaven. But nevertheless, when a loved one dies or moves away, something has ended. No matter when you'll see that person again, or what you say when you part ways, your lives will be different. You'll have lost part of the other and maybe part of yourself in the process. A chapter has ended. And so many goodbyes are rightfully weepy. 
But here's where the second point from Romans 6 that I'm resonating with comes in. Paul does not just remind us of death and grief. He reminds us of the flip side. He says, yes, we were baptized into the death of Christ, but so too were we baptized into the resurrection. Paul does not just remind us of the inevitable pain that comes in this world, but also that the world, that life tends to be cyclical by nature. Death leads to resurrection as surely as winter leads to spring and summer back to fall. When one thing passes, another emerges. When one chapter ends, another begins. And the truth of this has been staring at us the whole time. Think about the word goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye is not simply the sad word we say when we depart from another. It is the word we say to wish good things to another. It is to wish them well. To say goodbye to someone is to bless them. And in fact, as Marion pointed out to me, I don't know if Marion is here somewhere, as Marion pointed out to me just a couple of weeks ago, goodbye comes from the centuries-old contraction, God be with you. And here the tense in that, God be with you. That's not a phrase that's looking back. That's a blessing of present and future. That's about wishing them the best in their next steps forward. When we say, see goodbyes in this way, we realize that goodbyes have less to do with something ending and more to do with new beginnings. Saying goodbye does not cause something to end. Whenever we come to a point when it's time to say goodbye, whatever has caused the sad departure has already been set in motion. But in those moments, if we're lucky enough to have them, because not everyone is lucky enough to have them, we have the opportunity to bless our loved ones on their new journey. And of course, it's appropriate to say how much you'll miss them and how sad you are to see them go. But let us also seize the chance to bless the start of something new. And with that in mind, make no mistake that this is goodbye. I'm leaving this place with both great sadness and great joy. Great sadness because I will miss you, individually and collectively. Very many of you have touched and changed me. You've loved me with open arms and open hearts from the day I got here, some three years ago, one Sunday before most of you knew me or knew that I might start working here. And since that time, you've supported me, guided me, walked with me in Christian discipleship. You've helped me trained to become a pastor, but more importantly, you've helped me become a more faithful follower of God. And for that, I will always be grateful. And for all those reasons and more, I am sad to go, but I also have a joy in my heart because I'm excited about this congregation's future. I've been a part of a lot of churches, and while no church is perfect, this one included, <laughs> let me tell you, you have lots of reasons to be excited too. I know this congregation to be full of disciples committed to loving God and neighbor. And I pray that God give you the strength to stand by that commitment when love is difficult. I know that for years to come, Chatham United Methodist Church will be engaged in many spirit-filled, life-giving ministries. Indeed, you already are. And I pray that God bless each and every one. I pray that God gives this congregation the courage to take risks for the gospel 
but also the humility to always seek the Spirit's guidance. And I know that in these pews before me sit a hundred plus people who are more than just members of Chatham United Methodist Church. Every one of you has a million different cares and concerns, hopes and dreams entirely independent from this place. And know that you are more than that to me. And I don't know the half of it, but I wish you all the best just the same. I pray that God will bless you going forward, wherever that might be. I pray this because you all matter a great deal to me. God bless. God be with you. Goodbye.